What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Whether it's a podcast, an article, updates to rankings, news and notes, every bit of our content does get shared out through Ethos Fantasy BB. So make sure you guys are checking us out over there. If you're not somebody who uses social media regularly, you can go to sportsethos.com, get access to all that same great stuff. I want to send out a reminder if you guys haven't done so already, it really is appreciated if you leave a rating slash review on the podcast. We've gotten a bunch have come in since the new year, and that is very much appreciated. If you're somebody who listens to the show regularly or listens at all and you get something out of this, I would really appreciate you guys taking a minute or two and leaving that nice review. You can even just leave the rating. You don't have to leave any review. It takes more time to actually write something out, but you can just click that five-star button. really does help us out here in our growth, and it has been uh, a big, big month for us. This month is trending to be probably our biggest month ever of the show, which is what you want to see every month. But realistically speaking, you can't do that every single month. People kind of fade out of baseball. I guess it happens in June or July. You start to see people start to you know forget about podcasts and articles and stuff. But this is when people are really getting into it, and I appreciate all the support you guys have shown uh, on the written side, on the podcast side, on the Twitter side. All of it is very much appreciated. But we are going to talk about a couple of things today. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode. Recently, we've been doing some some team previews. We did a mock draft. They've been fairly long episodes. This one is not going to be terribly long today. We're just going to catch up on some of the news of the last week. If you guys have missed it, we did a mock draft Monday. We did our Reds preview on Tuesday, and yesterday was our Boston Red Sox preview. Uh, Jeff Erickson and Eric Cross both joined me this week. We have a few guests that are going to be coming on the show every week for team previews, so make sure you guys are checking out all of those episodes in the log. Let's talk about Yariel Rodriguez, who signed a four-year deal with my Toronto Blue Jays. A lot of people are now saying that, well, that's Alec Manoa's job gone. Hernandez is going to be the fifth starter in the rotation, and that's that. I don't think that that's necessarily what's going to happen here. I understand that there's a lot of worry about what Alec Manoa is actually going to look like, but I don't think that this is necessarily meaning that Hernandez is going to come in and start because he is signed. So they give him $8 million a year. That's not starter money. It's, it's just not starting pitcher money. He is somebody who has experience as a starter and as a reliever, and I have heard it said that he wanted to try starting this year. He really wanted to get an attempt at being a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. But I don't think, based on the money and based on the Blue Jays' current situation, that he is really anything more than a potential depth option at SP. And a relief pitcher. He's going to be somebody who's going to probably give you two or three innings at a time in relief. And that's the role I see him taking on. Because the Blue Jays don't really have that role. They could use Trevor Richards in that role, which is something they've kind of done. But I think Richards is best suited as a one-inning guy. They try to stretch him out as a starter. And he's actually, you know, at times been a really, really effective starter. But again, you have Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett and Yusei Kikuchi were one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent, rotations in all of baseball last year. And then you have the wild card in Manoa, who is just a year removed from being a Cy Young finalist. I know it's very easy to forget that, and definitely he is not that same pitcher as he was in 21 and 22, but he's not cooked or anything. He's 26 years old, so they're going to give him a chance to start the year in the rotation. That is what we've heard. That's what makes the most sense. They're not going to start the year with Manoa in the minor leagues and just take another shot at his confidence. He's already probably not dealing with a high level of confidence right now. They're going to do whatever they can to try and build that back up. And Alec Manoa starting the year as a relief pitcher in the minors, it's not going to do that. He will get a chance to start. 
barring injury, this is what the rotation looks like. Gosman, Barrios, Bassett, Kikuchi, Manoa. There's no big signings. There's no Blake Snell. There's no Jordan Montgomery. There's no Corbin Burns trade in the works. This is the rotation. Yariel Rodriguez, I see as somebody who has a little bit of insurance. You know, if you do have injuries, and that's another thing with the Blue Jays rotation. They were very, very healthy last year. They were, you know, excellent in terms of their performance, but they also had everybody throwing about 30-plus starts, 31, 32, 33 starts from everybody. That's not going to happen every single year. Just realistically, it's impossible. You're not going to see a team have four or five healthy starters every single year. Usually, if you get three starters that can make it the entire year for a major league team, you've done very well. You're going to have to replace 30, 40 starts throughout the season, maybe 20 to 40 kind of range. That's where I think Rodriguez is going to come into play. He's going to start six or seven games as you know, a uh, sixth guy occasionally, maybe if they want to, you know, let's say they have 20 straight day games without a day off, maybe they uh, put him in there just to give everybody else a bit of rest. If there's an injury, maybe he'll be an opener here and there, but he's definitely not, you know, going into the season as a starter. It's just not going to happen. I think that he is definitely slotted in as that long man out of the bullpen. If you look at the projections, which again are always kind of tricky to go off of when there's a player who does not have any major league experience under their belt or even minor league experience for that matter, but they're projecting 90 innings pitched, 59 games, and they're calling for six of those to be starts, which is I think realistic, you know, between five and eight starts probably is what he'll end up making. And even that might be overshooting it, honestly, it really depends on health, but let's say it's six starts, 53 times out of the pen. And they're projecting a 431 ERA, a 136 whip. It comes with a 10% walk rate, a strikeout rate at 23.6. That's fine, but nothing spectacular. And I get to the point where I'm like, for fantasy purposes, and that's what we do here, we talk fantasy. There's nothing here, really. There's, there's really not at this point. If you're in a deep draft, and we've talked a lot about draft and holds, you know, if you're drafting 50 rounds and then that's your team for the whole season, that type of format then sure, you know, he's going to be somebody that is going to be drafted in those formats. He has been drafted fairly consistently in those formats. His ADP as of right now is 593. He is, let's just make sure I've got the filters here, right? Because sometimes they reset. Yeah, and they did reset here. So let me just quickly see where he's going in these most recent drafts. Because that's a cool thing about the NFBC. You can set filters to see whose ADP is rising, whose ADP is falling, etc., so, over the last 36 draft champions, Yariel Rodriguez has been picked in 34 of them at an average pick of 563. His range is between 480 and 697 on that scale. I think it's okay at the latter end of it. If you're pushing him into the top 500 picks, and I know it's like 500, Joe, at that point, I mean, what's the problem at 500? There's still a lot of value, a hell of a lot of value at pick 500 on the board. Just seeing that in my current DC, we are at pick, uh, where is it? 587 in one of them, and I'm at pick 403 in another. But even the one that's at pick 587, it's still, you know, it's not, it's not flush with value. Don't get me wrong. It's not like you're picking studs at pick 582. But there is still a lot of value there. There are guys who could potentially have full-time starting jobs. Uh, Andrew Monasterio is someone that I was looking at. I want to say that name kind of quietly there. Uh, in case anybody who's in my draft happens to listen to this later on, but he's a guy who's projected to have fairly regular playing time in the starting lineup for Milwaukee. He's going to pick 580 on average. I'm going to go with that guy who's probably, I know it's completely different depending on what your team is really needing at that point. You're probably just looking for upside at that point. A guy like Monasterio, who this is not about him at all, but he's probably going to start. I don't know that he's that great, but he's probably going to get regular playing time close to pick 600. 
that's the kind of guy you want in that range. That's where I see a lot of the upside. Rodriguez, somebody like where there's already kind of some issues or some concerns, I should say, about the walk rate, about what his role is going to be. There's already so many questions in January. It's like, what needs to happen for this guy to actually have fantasy value? He needs a couple of starters to get hurt in front of him, or on the other side of that, he needs a couple of relievers to get hurt, several, so that they would say, okay, maybe he's a guy we can use as a high-leverage reliever and get a couple of holds or saves. He's not going to get the job ahead of Romano, obviously, or Eric Swanson, or Yemi Garcia, or Meza, or Chad Green, or anybody. He's at the bottom of the pecking order, as far as I see it. I don't think he's better than literally anybody in this bullpen right now, except for maybe Genesis Cabrera. Chad Green is, we don't really know because there's not a hell of a lot to go off of over the last couple of seasons. You're talking 12 innings this past year, 15 the year prior. I'd still probably take him over Rodriguez. So there's just a lot of roadblocks in his way to having fantasy value. I think he's a very good real-life signing for the Blue Jays. You need pitching depth. Every organization is going to need to fill in some starts and some innings out of the pen throughout the year, etc. It's a good signing for real-life baseball. For fantasy purposes, there's really nothing here other than you take a shot at pick 600 or so, and you can say, okay, maybe he gets a few starts. Maybe he's able to, you know, get that strikeout rate a bit higher than we were expecting. He's able to be a good ratio guy. You're grasping the straws a little bit, but that's kind of his role right now. If you're in a 12 team, if you're drafting and just playing your one Yahoo league this year, one ESPN league, don't even bother listening to the last 10 minutes of what I said. You might have already wasted your 10 minutes there. But if you're somebody who jumps around podcasts and you just heard me just say that last little snippet there, you don't need to listen to this part about Rodriguez if you are just a 10-team player. I would bet a lot. I was about to say, like, I'll bet my life. I wouldn't bet my life, but I'll bet a lot that he is not a standard 10- or 12-team relevant player this year, or ever, really. I just, I just don't really see it happening. Not trying to shit on the guy. I just think there's a lot of roadblocks in his way to actually being a fantasy asset. Now, we got some interesting news today. This one is kind of outside of my usual... Um, my usual type of analysis, but Eno Saris, who we're going to have on the show here in a couple weeks, he's tweeted out something that is very interesting to me. Sources tell him that Kyle Bodie, who is the founder of Driveline Baseball, will serve as a special advisor to Craig Breslow and the Red Sox on pitching research and development for the coming season. This had me literally like a cartoon character rubbing my hands together like you'd see Bugs Bunny or Sylvester the Cat on one of those Looney Tune cartoons because there are a lot of pitchers in Boston, and we just did our preview a couple days ago. I wish, and it was it aired yesterday. We taped it two days ago. I wish that this news had come out the day before we taped with Eric because I would have loved to heard his thoughts. But there are a lot of pitchers that I think on the Red Sox staff that are going to be very much improved or at least be well on their way to making some big improvements with Kyle Bodie now on the staff. If you're not familiar with Driveline, I'd be very surprised. But Driveline is a facility that works with all kinds of, not just pitchers. It's known for pitchers, but it works with pitchers, works with hitters, coaches. Um, it tries to rework your development, essentially, and try and find things where you may have gone. And I'm not going to explain it perfectly here. But they try and tinker with things in your delivery and your mechanics to make you a better baseball player. And they do this through sabermetrics, through advanced analytics, through video. Uh, like There's a ton of stuff that goes into it. But essentially, Kyle Bodie is the man who founded Driveline. If you look up Driveline on Twitter with the word fantasy baseball, you'll see everybody going absolutely nuts right now especially. But in general, when somebody goes to Driveline, it's like, oh, shit, he went to Driveline. Boost them up a round in the draft. Boost them up two rounds. I'm adding four homers to the projection. I'm shaving .3 off the ERA. 
whatever the case is, people are very, very interested in driveline, and for a good reason. Kyle Bodie going in there, I think, is a huge bonus to guys like Nick Pavetta, to a guy like Brian Bayo, potentially to a guy like Cutter Crawford. Pavetta's the big one for me, and Pavetta's already a driveline guy. Pavetta, and this was pointed out to me by a good friend of the show, Torres Takes, Chris Torres, who hosts the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Beat podcast. He pointed out to me that Pavetta was already a driveline guy, and he showed massive improvements in the second half. We talked about him with Eric. I tweeted about him a few t- I think I've tweeted about him three times this week uh, as I've been kind of getting into Red Sox mode and also pitcher rankings. Pavetta is really damn interesting. He was already super interesting. Somebody I drafted twice before this news. I drafted him in a 15-team league where you have pickups throughout the year, and I've also drafted him in one of those drafting holds. I have him in a couple different formats. I'll take him in a couple more, assuming the price doesn't shoot up. But honestly, get in now. Get in right now on these Red Sox pitchers that you want to get. Let's say you play 20, 30 leagues throughout the year. You're starting your drafts now. You're thinking, okay, you know, Brian Bayo is interesting to me. Cutter Crawford, um, Nick Pavetta. I might take a share or two here or there. Do it now. Do it right now because they're going to get very expensive. NFBC leagues, forget about it. If you're talking about a Yahoo ESPN league, I don't think that the price is going to drastically change so much, right? And I don't mean to, to belittle players who play on Yahoo and ESPN. That was me forever. That is still me. I still love playing on, on Yahoo, not really ESPN. But those players generally do not put as much time into the research. They just don't. And not a whole league worth. If you're playing NFBC right now, you're putting down at least 50 American dollars. For us in Canada, you're looking at 75 80 bucks minimum to get into these leagues. And most of them are going to be more expensive. A draft champions like the one I entered the other day is 150 American dollars. It's 220 Canadian. It's it's expensive. You're going to be putting in the time to do all this research and a lot of background information is going to be acquired before you get into these drafts and you're going to be set up to probably succeed better than those who are in Yahoo and CBS leagues. Just the way it works. Those NFBC drafters will definitely pay attention to something like Pavetta going to driveline and to something like Kyle Bodie now going to Boston and being a part of the pitching staff there, pitching coaching staff, I should say. So if you want him, get him now. If you want to take Cutter Crawford, if you want to take Giolito, Brian Bayo, any of them, any of them, take him now. And it's not to say that, well, the Red Sox are going to be the Jays this year and they're going to have five pitchers throw an ERA under three and they're going to have five Cy Young finalists. No, but the perceived value will increase. And that means the price will increase. And it's not to say that anything will actually change, but if you do want to get in on these guys, and for me personally, it's mostly Pavetta and Brian Bayo that I'm interested in. I may not get them again now, and I don't have any Bayo yet, so maybe I'll take Bayo once. But Pavetta is somebody I already have a couple shares of, and now the price is going to skyrocket. 175 right now. It was already going to go up for main event season. Starting pitchers will go up in March. It's just the way it works. You add this in, Nick Pavetta is probably going to be going in the first 10 rounds of a 15-team league draft. He is probably going to be in the 140 type of ADP range, and I don't mind him there. But again, if you want the shares, 175 right now is looking pretty damn good. It's not going to get any cheaper. It's going to get a lot more expensive. So I, I think this is a really, really interesting move for the Red Sox. It's probably their most impactful move of the entire offseason. I don't see them doing anything that is really going to move the needle so much outside of what they just did. This is kind of it in terms of big moves. They talked, uh, Breslow talked on some podcast recently. I think it was Chris Cotillo's podcast, one of the Boston beat writers. And he pretty much just said, like, you know, we're trying. It's not easy to make moves in this environment. In the AL East, we're not sure what we're going to look like, et cetera, et cetera. 
I don't know how much I buy that. You're the Boston Red Sox. You got a lot of money. If you want to buy players, you can buy players. But at least they're doing something positive here on the development side. And this is something we can look at for the next several years and probably say, as long as Bodie stays, as long as Kyle Bodie stays, that they're probably going to be looking at some advanced pitching development uh, well above the rest of the league. And I, maybe I shouldn't say well above because everybody's kind of catching up with this technology. But to have Bodie himself working there, I'm going to be more interested in these Red Sox than I normally would have been for sure. All right, let's talk about the last thing. And this is kind of fantasy-related, but it's also kind of not at the same time. We have so many unsigned players, and it's getting to the point where it's starting to concern me a little bit in terms of my analysis. We're going to get to the point where these guys are signing late February, early March. There will be a lot of drafts that have already gone on by that point. And we honestly are, are drafting blind. We're projecting blind. There are so many talented players. And if you just look at a list, any list of like available free agents still, Cody Bellinger is still out there. Matt Chapman, J.D. Martinez is coming off of a 33 and 100 year. He's still out there. I know he's not the youngest guy in the world, but he's still available. Reese Hoskins is still available. Jorge Soler is still available. Justin Turner, who had a great year last year, is still available. There are so many options. You know, you get to the guys like Tim Anderson, Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, Brandon Belt. There are still some really damn good names there. That's just the offensive side. If you look at pitchers, you have Blake Snell. You have Jordan Montgomery still on the board. You have Josh Hader. Um, who else are we missing here? Um, there's a couple more that are still out there that I'm missing. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is technically still out there. I don't think he's really going to pitch much this year. But Mike Clevenger, James Paxton. It's like, what what the hell is going on is essentially my, my point here. And there's nothing that we can really take away from it so much other than we're probably going to have to take our expectations and maybe regress them even more than we would have been for these players for a couple different reasons. One, nobody wants them. And maybe teams do want them to some extent, but we're looking at four months deep into the offseason and the reigning Cy Young winner from the National League has not signed. I know that there's some worry there about what innings you can expect from him, the walk rate. I've, I've talked about the walk rate with Snell every week. I was on my Spencer Strider propaganda campaign trying to get him the Cy Young. It did not work. But in any event, we have, like, what did I just list? 20, 25 names there of real impact players, and we have no idea where they're going to sign. They will sign. All of those players I just mentioned will sign. Tim Anderson is the only one where I could think, like, well, maybe not. But even then, like, he's going to sign. He's, like, 30 years old, one bad year. The thing is, it's going to start affecting me in my process, and it will start to affect you guys once you get into these draft rooms because you come up upon Blake Snell at pick 65, and you think, well, I mean, he just won the Cy Young. Uh, the strikeouts are elite, but I don't know what the ballpark's going to look like. He's maybe going to go to Seattle where he's got – he just set up this travel baseball team. Um, I'm going to mess up the details, but Blake Snell essentially just started this travel baseball team that is based out of Seattle. He is a Seattle guy. But it's like when I saw that come across my feed, it's like you get the meme in your head from Back to the Future. It's like, hello, McFly, is anybody home? And you could use that with Jerry DePoto's face, and you say, the guy's from Seattle. He's setting up initiatives in the area. Uh, he wants to be here. Like, why are you not signing Blake Snell? It's been four months. I can't imagine that Blake Snell is standing at the door demanding top dollar, probably getting him discounted. It's like there's just so many puzzling free agents that are still sitting out there. Matt Chapman. Toronto went ahead and signed Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and did not pursue Matt Chapman, from what we've heard. But then, you know, mixed into that process, we also hear, well, you know, the Blue Jays are still interested in Chapman. So why did they sign Kiner-Falefa? 
Why hasn't Chapman signed with San Francisco or somewhere else? There are so many, every pretty much every player I could go through. Cody Bellinger just had an amazing year, big bounce back, blah, blah, blah. There are concerns, but why in the middle of January are these players still sitting unsigned? It has gotten to the point where it is really concerning. Blake Snell might sign with Seattle, who has one of the absolute best pitchers parks that you could possibly imagine. And if he does go to Seattle, then that's, I mean, Seattle does have like literally the best pitchers park in all of baseball, according to StatCast. If you look at the last three years on average, they have the best park factor. Hypothetically speaking, if Blake Snell did go to Boston, they are the second worst park in baseball to pitch in. So you're making these decisions right now. You might be drafting a team and you might not be somebody who plays in a lot of leagues. Maybe you did spend that 200 bucks on a league or 300 bucks or whatever it is. And you took Blake Snell as your first starting pitcher because he was still sitting there. I picked 72. It's good value. You had three good bats and a closer already. And you thought, okay, Blake Snell's sitting here. Uh, there's no real harm in it. But there could be serious harm in it if he does go to Boston. If he signs with a bad team and takes a lot of money, like let's say it is a team, like I don't expect it, but the Nationals or something, or I don't know, the Cubs or whatever. A team, like there are some bad ballparks that he could realistically be going to. I don't think it'll be the Cubs or the Nationals, but there are some parks like that where it would really take a chunk out of his value. And not knowing that at this point of the offseason is very concerning to me. I'm not taking these players off the boards. If anything, you might be able to get them at a slight discount because of that. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend that there is not some more worry that gets evoked in me when every day goes by and these guys have no offers. We're 100-plus days of the offseason. You know, the first month or two, you know, look at all the shit we gave Otani for taking all that time. He signed, what was it, a month and a half ago now? Where's the same hate for Bellinger and for, you know, for Snell and for all these guys. I don't know. You want players to make the right decisions for their families and all that. But after having all this time and you figure throughout the year, you know, you're a free agent at the end of the season, you start to spitball in your head. Okay. I'd like to play in Los Angeles. I'd like to play in Arizona. I'd like to play in Chicago. I'd like to play wherever. It shouldn't take this long for this many players to sign. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it is starting to get to a point where I am concerned for my fantasy teams for some of them. I haven't taken a lot of these guys. I haven't taken any Bellinger. haven't taken any Snell. I have a couple of Matt Chapman shares. But generally speaking, it's like, can we can we get a move on? Can we get a move on here? Because there are, and I know the teams don't care, but you got projections you got to do. You got to make rankings. And you can't really do it without these players being in their homes yet. You can, and I'm going to do it because, I mean, that's what we do here. But it makes it very difficult. It makes it harder to actually give you an accurate picture of what I expect without knowing the team. So it puts me in a shit spot, puts you in a shit spot. Everybody's kind of in a bad spot when these players are just sitting out there on the market. The market goes down for the players as well. I guess the team's benefit because the team will say to the player, well, you sat there for six months and no one signed you, so you wanted $200 million. Here's 130 and you'll take it. It's not good for the players and it's not good for the fans. But I'll kind of leave you there. Um, that'll kind of do it for us. You guys want to check out the old shows, make sure you're doing that. And you can check them out on YouTube as well. A lot of these podcasts we've done recently, all the team previews are on YouTube. If you want to follow along on the video side, the mock draft we did is also on the video side on YouTube. And that ADP battle from a couple weeks ago that's still relevant with Chris Welsh and Frank Stanfield uh, is on our YouTube as well. So make sure you guys are checking us out on all the different platforms. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and at EthosFantasyBB, but also make sure you are checking out SportsEthos.com and really, truly, go check out that YouTube because there's a lot of stuff around the corner there. We'll see you again tomorrow, guys, but until then, take care and have a great day.